0: 2021 has begun not only with the increased consciousness of the COVID-19 pandemic and how we have to all work from home and, and live around these ongoing social distancing issues but it has also shown us how critically important cybersecurity was. In December, just as South Africa was bracing itself for the second wave, news began breaking that there had been an unprecedented hack of US agencies. And 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 fi- in the final analysis, Microsoft, which later admitted it was one of the networks that was was compromised, although it didn't say what, said at least two hundred and fifty networks were compromised in a in a hack that's known uh, probably as solar wind after the company that it was that the, the the austin-based american company that these uh supposed russian hackers got into so more than anything else it's just shown us that we live in a world where we need to be even more excruciatingly conscious about our cyber security and i and I, I kind of feel like I'm one of those guys in a tinfoil hat because I'm always banging on about this. Every time I'm interviewed on radio or television, I kind of people I come across as a, a slavering, frothing maniac. But I really don't think people can be afraid enough, as this has shown us. And I just really think we need to start looking at this even more closely. So I'm joined by Kevin Mitchell, who is the CIO for F&B Commercial, and and he's the man responsible for information security, of which cybersecurity is one aspect for this division of F&B. Uh, Kevin, do you think I'm being too alarmist, or am I not being alarmist enough?
1: Hi, Toby. So um, I don't think we can be cautious enough. I think the Internet as a wonderful um, place and experience that it can provide is, is also a scary place. I think um, so t- I think the caution is definitely is definitely justified. It's definitely something that we spend a lot of time thinking about um, within within FNB. We have um, quite a, a, a extensive um, cybersecurity uh, capability the people that run it are super passionate about it and I think the the investment that that we've made in it is is absolutely justified. I think the reliance um, that we've come to place on um, the Internet of Things, digital tools um, I, I, yeah all of us can agree that um, we can't do without our digital tools on a daily basis. And if you just think how much of your life, um, your life is actually embedded um, in 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 a digital form. The small device that we walk around in our pockets with um, every single day. I think that pretty much justifies the 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 caution. A lot of our lives are there. a lot of privace, private private um, information is stored there. Our finances um, are managed digitally as well. So yeah, um, I think. Uh, a good dose of, of, of caution is, wasn't it? Indeed, Kevin. And
0: I think what we're looking at this year with working from home being an, yet again the most dominant trend in terms of you know changes to the business landscape, one of the, the, the real threats is that even though it's great to be at home and have the kids nearby, you don't have the same kind of corporate security structure that you do when you're all in a big bank or a big building and, and you have an IT department. Now everybody's on their own fiber line if they can or, you know, cell phone connection and and, and cyber security is 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 even more important
1: now, isn't it? Yeah, um, absolutely. I think the um, you referenced not having the same security structure as as in a corporate. But I think a lot of the disciplines that we've gotten used to at the workplace and in a corporate environment, those are, I suppose, like more relevant now than ever. I think if we if we think about seemingly simple practices, um, like making sure that your passwords that you use um, are are changed quite frequently, Um, where you use services, um, try and find out if that service doesn't offer. An additional layer. Um, we often reference that as two FA, and that will typically come in the form of uh, in-app authentication or an SMS. For I suppose, like some of the older services or that caters for um, I suppose the, the the population that don't use smartphones. I think those disciplines are still are still valid. And if I just think about some of the educational drives that we've been on. Um, at FNB a lot of our customers would notice that we have um introduced the use of the FNB app over the last couple of years to confirm and authorize a lot of transactions we've tried to promote the app over and above i suppose um the traditional OTP mechanism
0: oh no i'm i'm i have to say i'm loving it i'm a i'm an FNB client and i am i've been i've been advocating this for years which is move from SMSs to an authenticator app. And it it doesn't matter if you use Google or Microsoft or LastPass, they're all pretty good and they all do it. I like to use an authenticator app from the alternative um, service provider because it offers another layer of protection, but I am more paranoid than the most. Uh, But I I think this is fantastic. I mean, I do a lot of e-commerce. Stuff now. I mean, it's, uh, I'm forever buying stuff on my phone ask me to authenticate it in the app i do does a face recognition or a fingerprint scan to check it's me bang and i and i you know it's 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 so much more secure because all of the terrible stories i've ever written about people who've had their bank accounts hacked and they've lost money and it's always been some kind of inside job involving the cell phone company or a you know, a corrupt person at the call center, something like that. So they could do a SIM swap so that OTP could be picked up. And that, and that's, you know, always been a weak link. And it's, it's been one of the things as, a you know, someone so conscious of security as I am. Um, people have been talking about it for ages. So when FNB started doing it, I thought that was really fantastic. It's, uh, it's exactly the kind of use of the available technology that I, that I think we should be seeing. In this kind of thing.
1: Yep. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the 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 reasons that you've mentioned is exactly why we've why we've pushed so heavily on using app um, as your authenticator of sorts. And I think to my um, initial point, I think those disciplines, those habits that we've gotten into, I think while you're working from home or conducting a lot more of your business from home. Um, have a look at your service provider, ask for the availability of these. Chances are that they do provide them. It's a case of like going into the settings um, and, and activating it. Um, I think the dangers of some swaps have have had quite a bit of time. I think, again, with, if by chance you're still uh, using some of the, the, the services that relies on, um, I suppose, SMS as an OTP mechanism, um, simple things like keeping out like or just taking note when you lose service on your phone there's a chance that they, that that might be a a sum swap so again to your earlier point rather be cautious assume the worst go and check out your service provider just to find out like has there been a sum swap small actions um like those and just being mindful and and rather cautious could end up saving um, saving you from a lot of pain and i think we're also seeing a lot of different trends coming in because i think once you have quite a few of these basic elements in place so making sure that like your password is changed frequently don't share passwords Um, I think in the banking space we always encourage our customers to keep a separate password for your banking for your banking details even if you're using a password manager just to keep those those separate and I think like if you I oh,
0: yeah. no, I'm I'm too paranoid to
1: put my banking password into
0: any password <laughs> manager it's a it's an impossibly complex thing. Do you hear that cyber criminals impossibly complex but I just make sure I just you know I, and I, and I've always activated every form of 2FA which means two-factor authentication it's, a, it's an unfortunate Um, phrase, because a factor for, you know, most people don't realize your password's the first factor, that SMS you get is the second factor, or what you should be doing is doing an, you know, in-app, in-app, or an an authenticator app. In fact, it's a really useful kind of technology, because I use it for logging into Gmail, you know, hosting Gmail accounts, uh, logging into Microsoft, you know, when I log into one, one, uh, onedrive or into Microsoft Office. and I do that a lot, you know I'm always testing different devices and using different things and i've and I've it asks you for an authentication in the app and it's just very simple. It's just the other factor that's always going to be with you is is your phone. and I heard joxellia say that actually. You're, you you know like a, probably two years ago um, he uh, I spoke at an f and b conference and he, He spoke before me. It was a very, very good warm-up act, as I I said to him, uh, jokingly. (laughs) But the point he made way back then was that he didn't want to see anything being done by email. It had to be all inside the app. Now, of course, for someone like me, I totally rejoice at that because it's, it's, uh, to my mind, email is one of the most insecure means of transmitting anything. It was never designed to have our bank statements and and everything else that it now does have on it you know it's it's, it's it it scares me you know that that so much of our our, our information you know if you get a yep. you know when one of the big uh, financial institutions liberty was was hacked they said don't worry it was only an email uh, reservoir or an email uh, storage facility but every one of those emails has my name my phone number my home address my id Absolutely. number you know enough of my personal information for someone to go and and create a fictitious Toby Shapchak run up a whole bunch of bills and then it's my problem to pay it off so so I'm excruciatingly conscious of that and I, and I think it's these kinds of things that we need to see more of, isn't it?
1: Yeah, no, um, absolutely. And I think uh, that exact same thinking is um, what's informed a lot of the things that we've done over the last couple of years from um, a bank point of view. And I think example of that is I think the the ability t- to download your statements. We're trying to encourage um, our customers to. to download those um, on the digital platforms um, in your app so to, to enable that as an example like we've made we've extended the time frame that you can download and go back in history um, without attracting a charge because um, we're also trying to encourage a certain a certain behavior so um, spot on um, with you with your thinking I think a lot of people don't realize the amount of information um, that's stored in your email. And I think again, the t- controls that we've that we've spoken about, I think 2FA, your your two-factor authentication is such a powerful mechanism. Once that is enabled, I think it 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 disables um so many of the avenues that criminals typically use um to compromise our customers. And then I think um the 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 next trend that, that we started seeing is because it's actually it's starting to be to become technically difficult or too too challenging technically. To physically break in um, to your phone to do the a remote hack um, on your device, not uh, many people can pull that off. So a lot of t- criminal elements are going the social engineering route. We've seen that behavior with um, attempts on some of our some of our customers. where t- um, criminal elements will call and pretend to be from the bank, seemingly convincingly. And I think customers need to be uh, mindful and, and aware that. That is unlikely that someone reporting to be from your bank or or your service provider would call you and ask you for your personal information. If you're in such a situation, the advice to our customers is drop the phone, rather call your bank yourself and make sure that you are indeed in contact um, with the bank. And I think that applies to anything. Um, We'll see the same happening with email providers, Um, where guys will be. Pretending to call from Microsoft or Google or whichever provider you have, yeah. we've seen a, a huge surge in that, and I think the awareness and just being mindful of that modus operandi can actually t, uh, t save your life in some instances. No, I, I'm so well aware of this, uh, Kevin. And I, you know, I feel specifically for
0: older, less tech savvy users who are often the people who are, are caught in these phishing attacks and And I hear about it often, so it, it it really kind of it bothers me. and of course it's you know it's never always you know always be true. you know always if it's too good to be true, it's too good to be true. you know and if you have any doubt whatsoever, phone your bank manager. I, or it's funny, you know you you have to you have to get verification, you know, if you phone, I don't know. Uh, discovery and i need to book a, a hospital i have to give them a bunch of my verifiable information you know when people phone me i want to ask them for verifiable information so i can check it's whoever it is who says they call it but that's not not pretty viable is it it's just unfortunate that it's people's gullibility, their lack of understanding of technical stuff and they don't no one ever wants to feel stupid or that they don't know and and it it catches people off guard, I suppose, in just kind of the worst possible way that they that they can be fished, uh, you know. Which is, it happens unfortunately still a lot, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, no, um, absolutely. And I think it's it probably stems from people's natural tendency to 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 trust by default. Unless you've had a negative experience, you'll probably um by default think the best of um of the next person. You get that call, um, by default you're trusting. And I think it's just a behavior that um, people need to start changing is just to think a bit more critically about uh, attempts to contact you, questions that you're being asked, especially if it's over a digital or non-face-to-face mechanism, like a telephone call. And we've seen phishing attempts via like email um, and SMS as well. Um, but I think the 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 telephone attempts almost like elicit that trust response even more because you hear a voice. Um, oftentimes they can be very convincing. But I think the t- notion that the bank can call you and make a payment to reverse a transaction when you get that request from someone on the other on the other line, um, think critically about it. Um, that's something that the bank won't do. Why would we ask you to 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 make a payment to reverse a transaction? I think just um, to think critically about those yeah and I think the in line with that we're trying to also um, put a lot more activity servicing activities um, behind a a, a 2FA action as a customer you'll be aware that if you perform a financial there's a prompt for for 2FA but we actually want to expand that to more servicing and information requests Um, obviously using a lot of machine learning and AI to try and determine when behavior is is, is risky um, from a client so that we also balance the, yeah. the need for a decent customer experience. Um, but we want to make sure that... Can we just talk about that? Because that's such a fascinating thing, isn't it? I remember
0: someone in the banking industry, I don't know, 15 years ago, probably longer, saying to me that if a credit card bought a pair of Nike trainers, an iPod, and a, I think it was like a leather jacket. They knew the card had been stolen. And it was a kind of quickly, easy, things that are of high value that you know someone who skimmed or scammed a credit card could quickly buy uh, and then sell for a lesser price and still make money before the credit card was cancelled. And I, I can't remember the exact sequence. It was, sho- it was running shoes and iPod and something else. But it, it's fascinating because now, I mean, with AI and machine learning, you know, I'm not going to be using my credit card in Rosebank, you know, and 30 minutes later, buying a plane ticket in Lagos. That's not going to happen. So that's, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a, I suppose there's a lot more sophisticated technology the bank has of its own to to kind of prevent uh, people being caught. In a in a phishing or a, uh, other attack?
1: Yeah, no, um, absolutely. I think it's definitely technology that we are um, playing with and we're employing um, within um, our systems and some of our um, upstream partners' systems as well. So, for example, if you swipe your Visa card, Visa applies um, some of the intelligence to try and determine the probability of fraud and there will be some proactive action taken that side as well. But I think um, the best way um, that we've that we've actually rolled out or the, the mechanism that we have available is change that was made over the last I think of the last year or so um, was to actually to move all of your verified by visa or your, or your e-commerce payments. So when you shop at take a lot um, or at any other online store, um, is to again root those and the, the confirmation of that to your app so that like that confirmation and the power to affirm that transaction is hundred percent under your control. I've noticed that actually.
0: Yeah, I've noticed that. That I used to I never used to have to verify with some of the people I I've, I've done lots of stuff with. I do a lot of take a lot shopping. So I've noticed how that's I mean it's handy. It's as you say, it's in your control. I mean, I'm a, I'm a bit of, I'm a, I kind of suppose I'm the converted. I'm preaching yeah. to myself, but I'm, I, I'm really thrilled to see, like, you know, this is how a big bank should be thinking. Um, criminals are clever people who look for the easy ways to compromise security. And if you've got an enormous castle with a massive mo- moat and all sorts of other defenses, I suppose the weakest link is um, the poor person walking back and forth across that moat you know so that's why social engineering as it is like hacking the person has become you know what it yeah, has no
1: absolutely absolutely so with that in mind is um exactly what what informs a lot of our security initiatives how we actually roll out new solutions because we, we we're mindful that the trust that the customers have placed in us is not something to be taken lightly and our investment and the way that we form um, our product services um, solutions definitely have the customer and the customer safety and security at its at its core <laughs> i was
0: just thinking like you know there was there was a time in life where like security was signing on a check you know, <laughs> like a check would be worthless unless Unless it had a signature on it. You know, I remember traveling with traveler's <laughs> checks. You know, I mean, it's, you know, it's so, I mean, wasn't it recently, the end of last year, that they like, they, I yes. think the last checkbook was canceled or something? I remember reading that and thinking, I mean, I remember growing up with that. It was like amazing. You know, like my parents would send me away to boarding school with like six posted dates. A, a, a university with six post post-dated checks. Yeah, you know. we've definitely come a um, long way, then.
1: And I could only um, um, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so with the yeah, no, and I think really it, 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 it's one of those. It, it was about time. So it, um, checks, the validity of checks um, has been discontinued as at 31 December last year. And I think if you if if we reflect and think about like how much um, the security has evolved from like a uh, scribble on a piece of paper. To I suppose like the sophistication that we employ these days, yeah, it's it's it's, it's quite something. It's 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 quite mind blowing.
0: Yeah, it really is something. I mean, it's it's. I mean, I think about it and I think how revolutionary things have been since internet banking. You know, there was twenty years ago to twenty five years ago. That was such a breakthrough. You know, in the mid late nineties, to the fact now that you know that's so old school compared to the power and the functionality of an app to the point where the app is now the second factor in security for your online purchases. I mean, it's a it's a sea change. It's it's really quite something.
1: Yeah, no, one hundred percent. And I think it 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 is one of like your um, most personal positions. Most people, I think, like I said earlier, um, you store your life on there. Um, your privacy, your everything is in there. And I think leveraging that um, the, the the personal nature of your phone and the app and the ecosystems that's evolved around it, I think makes so much sense. And um, t- that that's why at least from from and b point of view, um, that is one of our uh, strategic directions that we drive as much functionality on the app using I suppose like its its inherent um, security features um, as possible.
0: Indeed, indeed. So listen, this is it. I mean, it's uh, I could go on and on and on, but I don't think everybody wants to listen to uh, my excessive paranoia about safety, uh, online safety. But, Kevin, this has been really great. Thank you very much for joining us on the Stuff Podcast. And and uh, thanks for keeping us safe online. Oh, awesome. Thanks for having me, Toby. Stay well, man. Keep well. Ciao, ciao.